Welcome back to A People's Guide to Publishing. I'm Joe Beal, the founder and CEO of Microcosm Publishing and Distribution. I'm also the author of A People's Guide to Publishing, which distills what I've learned from selling millions of books over the past 25 years. I'm Ellie Blue. I'm the Editorial and Marketing Director here at Microcosm. We are an independent midlist publisher based in Portland, Oregon. We have 14 employees, over 650 titles in print with 20 to 40 new books per year, and we distribute thousands of titles from other publishers. We started this podcast so that we can share what we've learned with newer publishers so that you can learn from our mistakes. Or perhaps you just want to better understand the publishing industry. This week, we are going to talk about books that we found educational to our pursuits, inspirational, intentional, or not. So books that are have informed our publishing business, but are not necessarily about publishing or even business overtly. Mm -hmm. In some cases, I don't know, yeah, for me sometimes like the structure of a book shows me how I would have done that book, even if it is not because the book was done that way, but because the book was not done that way. So if it's like a book about a topic you're interested in. Or just even like a book that has a bad structure, that will make me be like, oh, here's some clarifying. I have, ever since I became an editor, I have developed a great love of reading bad books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like reading romance novels or fantasy novels that like don't quite work. It's like so satisfying to like figure out like what went wrong and how it could have been fixed or maybe couldn't have been fixed. Sometimes you can tell that the author and the editor are at war. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, that's always entertaining. But we are here today really to talk about books that like inspired us to do it better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. Maybe first we should talk about a book that Joe introduced me to, and many other people too, I believe, called Our Band Could Be Your Life. Sounds likely. <laughs> it's by Michael Azarad. So it came out in 2001. Michael Azarad, for whatever reason, was possessed to write about the non-mainstream 80s punk scene, which, mind you, is like the dead period where punk had no interest from the mainstream so he only writes about bands that basically have no success so like rem is not in the book you know <laughs> it's just, and then he essentially stops writing about a band when they sort of move out of the underground so like um black flag butthole surfers um k records was another one Who's Scrooge? Mm-hmm. The Replacements? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of like great music. Some music that I really didn't care for. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to listen to it all while I listened while I read the book, but I didn't totally succeed. And I want to say, I mean, I was familiar with The Replacements and Who's Scrooge, but it was really that book that made me excited about listening to them. So, like, when I read the book, and it's really not written as a business book, but when I read the book, it was when I was first starting to figure out like how to be a business person, and it really read to me like a ton of little like very scrappy business very. case studies, very scrappy, most of them ultimately unsuccessful by any like business school metric of success, but very successful culturally mm-hmm. And it's fascinating because the um, the podcast I was just listening to was talking about Ian McKay, who is, I think, the second or third story in the book, talking about, like, getting 
you know, the minor threat and discord off the ground. But they refer to Ian McKay as a multi-million dollar successful business person, which you, but like most of the scenes depicted in Our Band Could Be Your Life are about like him locking himself in his bedroom and refusing to talk to his bandmates and him being a few years older and having like very strong ideas about how things should be done. And you really are not left with the idea of like this person is going to become a very successful multi-million dollar business person. People grow up and do the damnedest things. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I really loved it because it's like stories of people who like had this thing to say, to express artistically, and they like made it happen despite having no resources and really everything against them from like addiction to like background to like having chosen the wrong people to spend time with or be in a band with and they, you know like they like it's in the band the book is full of like band tours and people selling merch and people stealing each other and not paying each other's royalties and like people getting really wasted on stage and doing dangerous things and it's it's amazing it's like a story of like small businesses that succeeded despite themselves. Yep. I, am, I, I highly recommend it to anyone in any kind of creative business. And it's like, I've said more times than I can count in my life, like, the point of doing something like that is to be culturally influential, meaning, like, to change the culture of the world that you're enmeshed and invested in rather than to make money, you know? And, you know, fundamentally, it's like you're going to be more successful if you set out to, you know, have an impact in an interesting and notable way rather than to sell a lot, you know? Yeah. And, like, what I took from it, too, was, like, none of these people were buying billboards or advertisements or, like, doing any of the things that you kind of think of stereotypically that you have to do to get the word out there. But what they were doing was working really, really hard to go and, like, reach out sometimes one-on-one -on -one to their audience members and to build their base like from the ground up on tour driving all night different town every night playing the show doing their best they could do which wasn't always great every time mm -hmm. selling one you know record at a time or tape at a time and yeah that's kind of i feel like pretty still, still pretty central to our philosophy and to like everything we do that succeeds and i never even really thought about it before but yeah that was 100 percent like how i learned how to sell books you know and there is you know and i feel like maybe it was our being your life but i think the parable goes back much further with this idea that that black flag was like okay well we live in hermosa beach california in the butt part of like the la beach where, you know, even the cops, like, won't leave us alone. So we're going to create this national touring circuit and network, and we're going to go and play in all these places, and, oh, there aren't venues or promoters or even sometimes bands or, you know, there's literally no network. So we'll just go there, and then that will be created in our wake, you know. And then by the time they've done that for five or six years, you know, then they can draw 400 people in Alabama or, you know, or whatever. And that isn't, you know, I feel like people only remember the part of the story where they're influential or the part of the story where, you know, where they went on to sell however many records or the part of the story where most of the band members are grumpy or never got paid or, you know, things like that. You don't really think about the part of the story where it's like, 
a bunch of excited young people that are like, let's make something that's like really interesting and cool. And not because it's going to be remembered in 40 years, but because it's like what we're passionate and excited about, you know? And the other thing that I feel like I take inspiration from all the time is that like, these weren't like people who like went to college for musicology. They weren't like brilliant musicians at the top of their game. Often their work was incredibly unpolished and sometimes they like didn't even know how to play their instruments and that did not stop them from creating something like meaningful and like good and that like reached people and that changed people's lives. I just took all that for granted my entire life because I didn't know any other way to be. You didn't need the book to tell you that. Right and that was why I guess I took very different, I took sociological fascinating and interesting things in that book rather than business advice. What um, what other books have influenced you in business? Hmm, that's interesting. You know, all the ones that people ever recommended to me I found incredibly boring, so you know, and I read all the like stalwarts like Growing a Business and I read, or, I mean I enjoyed that book but, and I feel like that like embodies my philosophy but it doesn't, you know it's not where it came from. I already had that philosophy by that time. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy reading about people's failures because that's comforting because I've had a lot of failures. But yeah, I don't know what has been. What have I enjoyed? We went on vacation one time, like ever, <laughs> <laughs> and at the Airbnb there was a copy of Jay Z's book Decoded. Oh, that's right. Which like we immediately bought when we got home so we could finish reading it. But that was like actually a pretty good business book. I mean, it's, it's pretty much ghostwritten by, um, what's her name? I don't remember the name of the author, an amazing writer, ghostwrote Jay-Z's book, Mm -hmm. but it clearly does express, you know, his own intelligence and strategies. And he wrote a lot about like what it takes to be successful in any kind of business, like in the music business is what he learned, you know, as a teenager in the drug business. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, and like similarly, like that is cool, but it's cool because it echoes my philosophy, not because it like inspires or embodies it. You know. Have you ever learned anything from a book? I definitely have, and I, you know, and I feel like to me, the things that I learned from the from any kind of book is just, you know, okay, I got I took a lot from that book, Subversives, which is about like how the FBI was spying on radicals in the 60s before really, you know, like the all the bombings of the 70s and all that. And, you know, and like the thing that I took from that was just like how weird reality is and how like it's really difficult to be paranoid because like there often are things like that going on under the surface. Do you apply that to business? Absolutely. And I, you know, and I guess it's like to me the things that are most inspiring are the things that like really embody my like inner desperation and like my, you know, sort of that like frenetic drive rather than things that tell me about how somebody else had a great or an easy time, you know, or even like a really big success. You know, I'd much rather be like, have that felt by you know, to somebody else that just really wants it. I learned a lot about business from the book Getting Things Done by David Allen. <laughs> I highly recommend that book to anyone mm-hmm. who wants to be organized. Right. And yeah, and that was another one where similarly, like, I started it and then I was like, 
are I've kind of worked that. this. Well, I, mean, I try not to talk to Joe too much about the books that I'm reading because he's like, oh, I already knew that. Well, it's not that I knew it. It's that I had to like decode all that stuff on my own because I didn't have those resources when I was figuring it out, you know? And I mean, that book, that book might actually be old enough to have been out at that time, but it wasn't something that was like available to me in my environment, you know? So, you know, I think of it more like, yeah, I was much more inclined to like have somebody thrusting like moon truther pamphlets at me or, you know, things that are like, you know, religious chick tracks or something. Where you learn some <laughs> critical thinking skills. Yeah. And I guess that's what it is. It's like when the Lyndon LaRouche people like had the, um, we're going to blow up the moon and flood Africa propaganda. I was like, now this is a great time to flex my critical thinking skills and be like, does the U.S. president have the power to do either of those things? Would Lyndon LaRouche ever be a viable presidential candidate? No and no. So we don't have to worry about those two things. Just some other weird um, people with delusional ideas that want to run for president. <laughs> Thanks for joining us once again. Please send your questions to podcast at microcosmpublishing.com so we can answer them on future episodes. And please give us five stars on iTunes and everywhere else that podcasts are reviewed. You can find us on the internet at microcosm.pub. On Twitter at microcosm. On Facebook at microcosm publishing. On Instagram at microcosm underscore pub. And here in Portland, Oregon on North Williams Avenue. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>